Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dusty. Host TJ and myself, Mike Warfield. What's going on, Teach? What's up, Mike? How are you, man? Just fucking exhausted, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm. I'm literally. Dude, I hate to say, I just woke up like maybe 45 minutes ago. Dude, I, I woke. I woke up at fucking eight o'clock. Took land of the bus stop. Came back. Napped. You know, we had yeah. a, we had a fucking game in Jersey last night, and you get done till like 11:30. And got home at 1:30. Yeah, for a lot of people that don't know, we truly live the rink life. So I was actually out of rink until I think almost one. And then, but I always got to stay up late anyway. I can't go to bed right away. I'm just one of those guys, I guess. But uh, yeah, man, this sucks. Good epi today. Good epi. Very, very good epi. So our topic today is actually story time. So we got a bunch of stories, a bunch of fans, viewers uh, sending in a bunch of questions. Uh, we actually have a couple of people, like, you know, people actually listen to us, you know what I'm saying, uh, going to be hopping on here today. So it's going to be a bunch of, like, local guys that are just bringing up where they play, um, general hockey, even some men's league around here, because yeah. there's a couple of teams that are pretty sick that we're going to talk about. But um, before we even get into that, I just want to bring up again, if you guys haven't heard last episode, uh, we did get a new um, sponsor. They're called Bear Beards, and Bear Beards is one of the new and upcoming uh, companies. They're a small company, but if you need any oils, bombs, uh, combs, hell, even if you need a T-shirt that you know shows off your beard, fuck yeah, they they have it on Etsy.com. Or if you want to check them out on Facebook, it's B A R E B E A R D S Bear Beards. And if you guys use the promo code Gong Show Ten, you get ten percent off your actual entire order. So. Go give them a look on either Etsy.com or Facebook. So it's Bear Beards. But anyway, let's get into some hockey talk, man. No, absolutely. And then, you know, we got, for the audience that doesn't know, we got Miles Liberati coming on today, ECHL defenseman. Kid's a fucking beauty. Oh, man, I can't wait. He's a beauty. Cannot wait. So, um, actually, the one thing that you sent me, I was actually curious about. Yeah. For many girls, right? Figure skating lose this edge to hockey. What do you mean by that? So a lot of a lot of girls are actually leaving figure skating to pursue hockey. Really? Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's I, I'm totally for that, man. You know, my wife, you know, my wife played. My wife's really good and, you know, could have went far, but we uh, <laughs> decided to have kids. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey, man. So, yeah. But uh, Real world hits you. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really intrigued and excited for girls hockey, you know, to get really popular. But you know it's crazy actually that you say that. I know a lot of guys growing up, they used to take dance classes and I don't know if they ever took figure skating, but I know they took dance classes on the side to get them better with their footwork. Yeah. So it's kind of funny they say that. I wonder if they're gonna have like a better edge. All they gotta really worry about is their stick handling like their hockey IQ, which we know about 80% of you listening right now, you have zero hockey IQ. But oh, hey, fuck. It's all right. Wrong. You are not wrong. I'm right there with you. You should see me when I play men's league. I only had three genos the other night, but no big deal. Hey, but uh, anyway, so I'll tell you what. Since playoffs are coming up, it's kind of one of the things that, that you uh, messed me about, too, that can go hand in hand, stroking your ego, but with the playoffs coming up. Yeah. How big can your ego really be if you're a top team going into playoffs? Ah, I mean, it's 
you know, some of these teams, you know, get got their fucking egos going on thinking, oh, we're top shit, we're top shit. But it's like, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's going to be a reality check for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it really is. No, I agree with you, man. Oh, what's going on, Miles? How, how are you, man? Good. How about you? What's up, Libs? It's TJ. Yeah, what's up, man? How's it going? Good. How about you? Good. So Thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. So um, one thing I want to ask you, man. So how does it feel or how is it post compared to any other league you really played in? Uh, it's definitely a different style of hockey, I think. Uh, you know, I played in the OHL growing up and it was it was more of like a pretty skilled game. And, and the East Coast League is skilled, but more, more of a lot of hitting and fighting and, and dump and chase kind of deal. Yeah, do you uh, run your mouth quite often or no? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's a real, yeah, that he's a real a big lot. shit talker. A lot of guys take pride in that stuff. Big shit talker he is. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that everyone kind of gets like that for the East Coast League. That it's like you know, I don't want to say it's anything like the Fed or anything like that, but you know, you go to an East Coast game, you're almost expected to see a fight in the end of it. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, I th- it's actually, I think, I think the hockey's gotten a lot better. Um, it's been, it, I think it's gotten a lot better and more skilled, but at definitely every game there's either a scrum or a fight or even a line brawl. Do you notice a lot more younger kids kind of try to play for you guys um, and actually, you know, making an impact for your team? Yeah, for sure. And especially towards the end of the season when we bring in some young college kids, um, they come in, they're real excited to, to start playing pro and, it ends up being a really good jump for us, and they, they provide a lot of energy for us. Now, one of the questions I always was wondering is when you have, like, you know, college kids coming in, is it tougher for them to kind of, like, play simpler hockey since they're playing pro? Like, the speed picks up a little bit, so you kind of got to play a little bit easier with the shorter passes, stuff like that. Is it harder for them to pick up on? Uh, for some kids, I think I think it's an adjustment, and some guys jump right in, and they, and they seem good to go, but uh... – I think the speed and, and just uh, the smarts are what they have to adjust to the most because guys are, you know, knowing where to be and knowing how to defend certain things. Oh, for sure, man. No, I agree with that. Yeah. TG, you got anything, man? Yeah. Share it. <laughs> I, my, my main question, what was it like, you know, growing – what was the atmosphere growing up in Pittsburgh playing hockey for, you know, the viewers that don't know? Oh, it was awesome. Um, actually, when I started growing up, it was right around when Crosby came to Pittsburgh and, and played there. So it it pretty uh, it ramped up hockey uh, pretty big time, and a ton of people started getting involved with it. So the atmosphere was really cool, and there was you know three or four really good teams in Pittsburgh, and we were always competing with each other to make it to nationals and districts. So I've always had a competitive uh, minor hockey career. Nice, and uh, you know, for the young kids you know, listening now and the older kids, what can you touch on, you know, your experience in the training camp with the Canucks? Yeah. Um, that was awesome. That's uh, that definitely shows you what it takes to, to make it that far. And, and it shows you what it takes to, to be able to stay there. Um, it definitely requires a ton of hard work. And, and when I got there, it was, you know, a professional right from the start. They, they have coaches, like six coaches on the ice working with you and, and they stress like uh, the most thing, uh, that they stress is like the little details, you know, little yeah. passes, little chips, like smart plays that the smaller details are what they stress the most. Yeah. I, yeah. I know it, it's, 
I know when you came to Reading, man, it was it, everybody was really excited. Like I, I was excited. I got to meet you. You know, you yeah. you, joked, you joked around with my son Landon. And, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and he's he was excited. I told him that you were coming on today, and he was excited. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think there's a huge, huge. I mean, there obviously is a difference, uh, but I don't think the difference between the three leagues, East Coast, AHL, and NHL, is huge. I think it's just minor details and, and speed, obviously, and yeah. And like smarts, you know, I think guys in the NHL are a little bit smarter right now and they know where to be, know how to be there. And I think that's what guys down here and in the AHL are, are learning to get there. Nice. And uh, so what was what was it like playing for North Bay Battalion? That was actually my favorite uh, major junior place that I played. Yeah, I loved it there. It was I mean, you put up you put up 38 points the one year in 1450, man, in 67 games. Yeah, I, had, I was one of my better years. That was actually the contract year that I was supposed to sign with Vancouver and ended up not not happening, which is uh, which is fine. I tried to move on and, and become a free agent and pick up some camps there. But I love North Bay. I was I'm a big outdoors guy, so I love fishing and hunting. And I went fishing almost every day that we weren't playing a game, at least. Hell yeah! Who does yeah. love fishing? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the questions I have for you, Libs, is what was probably like the toughest game that you could probably say you played in your entire career you know at least junior wise uh i don't know if there's a if there's a game that i can remember but there's a a playoff series i can remember when uh we played against kingston and i was in north bay mm-hmm. and we actually we actually swept them for nothing but it was not that it was not that kind of series every game was really close and uh they had a top line of lawson kraus and sam bennett and uh one other kid that i can't remember his name but I think he's also in the AHL right now and my buddy and I were paired up against him and that was a really tough series to keep them at bay I and mean, they were just offensive powerhouses so it's tough to stop guys like that when they're just natural at scoring but that whole series is really tough yeah man good for you even for a 4-0 sweep that's not easy to do no yeah it definitely wasn't I mean they were a really good team I don't I mean I don't think it should have been 4-0 but we we played them pretty well now, how was the goaltending situation in that league? I mean, was it kind of like stat night almost every time you played a goalie, or did you have a lot of goaltenders that were usually pretty, you know, standing on their head? Yeah, no, I, th- I think ninety uh, percent of the goalies in that league were were pretty, really, were pretty good goalies, and they would stand on their head and, and steal games from us, or we'd have our goalies steal games from them. So there was really never an easy goalie to uh, to score against or get points against, unless. Unless the team knew that a guy was called up and playing his first couple of games, it was pretty tough. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and then one of my last questions for you is, like, who would you have to say is, be- is probably, like, your biggest influence to even make you play hockey? Uh, definitely my – well, I think my whole family, um, to be honest, they've been really supportive. I have – I have uh, my dad grew up with me, always skating with me on the ice. Uh, my mom always supported me coming to games and taking me to practice and – my brother is uh, actually partially my agent right now. That's awesome. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's 18 years old, and he's he's doing really well. He's really smart with this kind of stuff. He's always been involved in hockey, and uh, he's working with my current agent. And you know, they're kind of like doing a team thing together with me. But he's been awesome. You know, I had an agent before; it didn't really work out with. And uh, my brother Mario uh, asked me about joining him and his group of uh, people that he works with, and it's been awesome. So I have a really good support system throughout the whole family. It's nice that it's family too. You can always keep it close. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to 
especially going from place to place in this league and, you know, guys get traded all the time. It's, it's nice to have that support there. Oh yeah, for sure. Not, I got, I got, I got two last things for you, Libs. The, the yep. one is, I, I don't know if you remember, but it was when you were with Redding and you remember you were the bit, you were huge. You started shit talking this one guy and you told him you're going to beat the fuck out. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think I was against Colorado. Yes, yeah. We were yeah, all that, like, I don't know big... why I did that. That was that yeah, was dude, something I would do I, today. I will never forget that. And you looked at us and you're like, I'm going to beat that motherfucker up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and was this guy. Uh... To the audience listening, this guy was probably 6'6", 240 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was a young rookie and I don't know if I'd do that today, but uh, I definitely <laughs> got the boys going. And uh, one last question. I know it's I know it's tough to talk about, but the trade, you know, like what what was your emotion and experience with the trade from Reading to Texas, the Allen Americans? Because I know, you know, we we experienced and I it touched me it touched me hard and it sucked because like I I I got grew attached to you and I shed a little tear there, man, when we hugged each other. It's it sucked. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough. I mean, that was obviously the first place that I played pro, so it's got a special spot. Uh, yeah, with me there, and uh, yeah, I wasn't obviously wasn't prepared for that. I mean, I wasn't playing a whole lot like you knew. Uh, I was a rookie, and mm-hmm. I kind of figured something might happen, but I didn't know when. And so it always catches you by surprise when it does. And that was a tough move, especially I was closer to home, and you know, I made a lot of good friends in Reading. And uh, yeah, the one thing that helped me a lot with that trade though was actually. I don't know if you remember Zach Hall, but he yeah, went I remember Hall. Yeah, so yeah, that's what we were real good, good friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I went down there with him, and he helped me out a lot with the, with the transition. Um, so yeah, that was a tough one. That was the furthest I've I've been from home too. So that was definitely a a whirlwind. No, and it sucked. I mean, it was it was, and like I said, it touched me. It touched you know Landon. Yeah. Landon was like five years old, and yeah, I remember like, that. He was a, he was a fun guy to have around the rink though. Yeah, telling him that you left, it was like it was awkward. I'm like, yeah, he he had to go play somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, I I enjoyed it there. I enjoyed it in Allen. It was uh, it was fun, and um, I went to Andy briefly, and now I'm here. So I hear really good things about Charleston. So I'm pretty excited to check this nice. place out too. Nice. Well, we we wish you nothing but the best of luck, and uh, we thank you and appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks so much thanks for having me on. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Libs. Beauty. What a he's beauty. A be- he's a beauty, man. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, though. It's just kind of one of those things that and he basically had the opportunity to make it all the way to the, you know, the show. And unfortunately, he didn't make it all the way there. But Let me tell you, he's still he's playing good hockey. Right now. He's texting me right now saying thanks. He's going again. So. That's what I mean. That's awesome, yeah. man. And that's the thing. And uh, for a lot of people that don't know, it's – even if you don't make it in that league, just to play in that atmosphere, even for like spring training, training camp, or just like rookie camp, man, it's it's one in a lifetime experience. And he was doing it as a full time job. So, oh yeah, and and like I said, the kid the kid's got the goods, man. He really does. He's a good he's a good apple. And like I said, I you know even in even in that atmosphere, you know, working in pro hockey, it's like you grow attached to these guys and it sucks when they get traded, man. It really does. Oh yeah, no, exactly. And that's one of the things too, that I like when you guys uh, our viewers, I should say not just you guys, but our viewers, when they send in question and answers, because it's one of those things that when we do like a Q and a, it's, we do our actual opinion and our experience, not like bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 
I don't know. It's just it's nice to hear actual pro guys' opinions and like what they've been through and how hard it is actually to get where they're at and even to make it to the East Coast. You know, as a rookie, you have to prove yourself, and even if you're not getting a lot of games and you don't play the games that you do get to play, it's it's yeah. literally a business. You're gonna get cut, and that's what it is. And he he took it. It's you know, and I'm not I'm not calling Miles a, a pussy or anything, but like he said, man, it was he, it was his first. It was his first pro year. He was a rookie, and it was like he said, he wasn't playing a lot, and he, it was unexpected. And it, it's it's a reality check. It really was for everybody, and it is it was emotional, like. It sucks. Yeah. No, you're exactly right, though. It sucks. But uh, we have a we have another, you know, special guest. We have uh, Matt Malacky on right now. What's up, Matt? What's up, brother? What's up, man? To the, to the audience doesn't know, Mike, this is one of my kids I coached in New Jersey. Uh-oh. What's going on, yeah. Matty? What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. Influence. Coaching. Uh-oh. <laughs> Influence. Oh, be crazy. Are we able to curse on this? Hell yes, absolutely. And no, influence to be a crazy fuck. No. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's great. How it went down, man. That's what it was. That's crazy. Yeah. So what What was probably one of your best time, memories though. with Teach? times. No, yeah, growing up playing, it was awesome. That's one That's one of my questions. What is one of your best memories with TJ? One of my best memories yep. from the team with TJ? Um, okay. Well, I got a wild story. Okay, so we were at a tournament, and I think we were in – where were we? I think Aston, we were in Eastern. Aston, PA. I know where this um, is going. Aston. See, I'm so crazy, man. I didn't even – even that, I didn't even know whether it was an A or an E. I just know it ended in stun. So, uh, yeah, so we were out at the tournament, and we're playing this game, and it's, it's this team. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they were from. Uh, it could have been some damn North Jersey team. I don't know. They were a bunch of pains in the asses, and they really were getting under, mm-hmm. you know, the player's skin. And I literally – it's so funny. I, I just told this story to somebody else, to an Uber driver with this chick in the car the other day, too. Uh, I think she thought I was nuts. But so they're getting under the player's skin. And I look up at TJ, and it's this one guy who's really starting to fucking piss everybody off. And I look up at TJ, and TJ just gives me, like, a smirk smile, and he's like, let's change it up. And I jump in the mix, and the guy starts saying all this crazy type of shit to me, you know, trying to get under my skin. Obviously, he did. And I put him on his ass, and he gets up. And he goes to hook me after the whistle had blown. I don't know what went through my head, but I hacked this dude straight at the ankle. He went down. And I, TJ, you remember? I stepped over him. I stepped over him and just went right to the box. I'm telling you. Now, that wasn't typical, but... It was just an adrenaline rush, and I remember TJ screaming, Manny, 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 Manny. And I, was, I wasn't going to do anything, but, you know, I was not reprimanded other than, I mean, he was an excellent coach. He didn't, he didn't, didn't uh, make the audience aware <laughs> that he didn't promote that, but he, he knew how to tame so it. So my time. question is, oh, see, this is a good question. Have you ever had a coach bring a laser pointer out during practice? 
have I ever had a coach bring a lady? Um, okay. <laughs> I don't okay. think so. That's another one that brings the checklist then. Stevie Sue, it's six us to you zero. Yeah, no, I never had a coach bring a laser pointer out to uh, uh, one of the practices. I have had one uh, bring a trap. Oh, yeah. Out yeah, the yeah, of the yeah, ice. yeah, but, but you want to hear a good story. Pointer. So, for <laughs> – for a lot of these guys that listen to us, dude, I don't even think a lot of them know this. So, a junior A coach in EHL, right? It's like, what was it? Spring or training, training camp? camp? Training camp. He goes in the locker room, explains six drills super quick. He's like, all right, got it? Good. Doesn't explain it again. Everyone's looking at each other in the locker room like, what the fuck is going on? Right? Doesn't bring a whiteboard out or a fucking expo marker. So we're just going out there blind. Well, this motherfucker goes to the corner and he's like, all right, guys. He has his laser pointer wrapped around his neck and he just starts pointing this son of a bitch all around the ice saying like, all right, you're supposed to go there. And he's like falling like fucking lines in his head. And like, we're just like trying to like memorize like, like all of us are looking around like blowing a gasket. Like what's going on? Yeah, no, we had a junior A coach doing that. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it was a great time. He lasted a whole solid what, two weeks, three weeks. Now, if I Matt, if I brought a fucking laser pointer out, what would you guys would eat me alive? The group of kids we had. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. It, more so me, I probably would have found enjoyment in trying to lift off <laughs> whatever you were doing. I had that tight. I got. I had that tight relationship with you, so I probably would have. I would have linked on to with whatever you were doing, but I mean, I'm trying to think. TJ, was there any like what you know, really crazy? Well, you shit remember? You remember the that, tournament? And it was the same tournament that. Remember the the drunk guy? We were playing fucking manhunt. Remember that? Oh, I do remember. Oh that, God. <laughs> I do remember that. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. this guy was at he a wedding re- or something. In, in, like to the audience, that doesn't on know. The couch. You know, Matt was. What were you guys like? Sixteen, seventeen, at the time. And, I think so. Yeah. You know, as a coach, you know, like I said, I bond with my kids. I like to have a good time with them. I, I told them after the game because we didn't play till like three o'clock the next day. I said, let's play manhunt. We were playing manhunt until like fucking two o'clock in the morning. And this guy, we we're playing manhunt yeah. on the fourth floor. This guy's fucking assed out, drunk, just fucking pissed drunk. He passes out on a couch, and our and I I didn't condone it, but I laughed about it and. <laughs> There was a wedding going on. I didn't. My uh, my kids, my kids actually, my the players I coached actually went down and grabbed a wedding cake and stuffed it in the guy's face while he was drunk. And I have, <laughs> and I have a picture of it to this. Yeah, day. it was, it was funny as fuck. It was funny as fuck. Dude. That was that was wild. Yeah, I do remember that. That was hilarious. That guy was so fucked up, and he was he had no feeling. I don't know, man. He was yeah, right was in the on, middle of literally on the too. fucking. I, I'm gonna post that on the fucking Dusty Dying's. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Wait, speaking of like tournament stories, what's probably one of the best hotel stories you guys got? That might be <laughs> that might be it right there. I mean, we had a lot of fun. I. I think we did. Yeah, I was. We well talked about it. I said. I, I just. I talked about it on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. My my favorite hockey memory with, was with you guys when we took the little flyers to overtime, in the in the playoffs and won in overtime. Yep, I remember that man. Yeah, and, and they were a rough team too. They were a rough team. I mean, it, that was uh, that was a fun tournament. 
Um, I can't remember. We did know. actually. Did we that was it. Was connected to our. Remember, my dad and I were get, we got wings, and you guys came down and sat with us and, and stole our wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Selfish. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is like when everybody, like every young, yeah, like, they wanted to see fucking 17, tits and whatever. wings, like, man. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we're all sitting there, oh, we're all sitting there and shit, embarrassing TJ and his dad, and and uh, a sexy ass lady comes up and she's asking if we want ranch, and it's it's like it's I don't know, it's like everybody gets all <laughs> giggling and shit when it, I don't know what's funny about ranch. You know what I mean? But it's just the fact yeah, that she's asking I mean, the question. Some ranch on that ass. Oh That's probably what everyone's saying. <laughs> Holy shit. It was wild, though, man. I don't know. We had a lot of good times. We used to fuck around uh, off-ice training, carrying logs and shit. I remember Bill McTeague and I, for whatever stupid reason, wanted to carry some of the yeah. biggest-ass logs. We ended up cutting our arms up like idiots. I remember Bill walking around. Oh, I mean, that's when Bill arm, showed up. That's when Bill showed like, up. Practice. Jackass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, and it and it was nuts, man. It was like we we had an amazing time, and uh, and I don't know. I get a lot of memories too, where I miss you know yeah. miss it for sure, obviously, and I still stay in touch with a few of the guys, DJ, uh, Corey. I was actually just texting Corey before I. Uh, jumped on your guys' pod, and you know it was it was. I, and I, I don't know, TJ. I, what do you say? The mic wild well, shit. And, and the group of guys we had there with you guys was—it's probably the best team I've ever coached and and been around. And hands down, it was. The now best, my man. question is: Did you have like a player at all on your team, Maddie, or no? Or did everyone just kind of like um, kind of nip it in the butt early in the season, I, like. It, and I'll I'll interact that real quick. I'll I'll interrupt you, Matt. Is I don't I we didn't because I didn't deal with that bullshit. And Matt will tell you there was a couple times where Maddie was being a dick on the ice. I threw him off the ice a couple times, and he realized it. You know what I mean? He came back and said, "Listen, I'm sorry, Coach. I w- I want to be here, and yeah. I'm not throwing you under the bus, Matt. I'm I'm just being honest. It's a good example, though, man. I mean, yeah, I, Maddie, I Maddie, it- Matt Matt was the type of player that you everybody wanted on your team. The kid can fucking skate. He can score, but he was a big time fucking hitter, and and that's that's what I loved. I didn't I didn't have to tell him what to do. You know, if we were down a goal, he'd go fucking lay his body on the line to fucking get the puck and throw it out in front of the net. So yeah, that's line. sick. Well, and to elaborate on that, that's one thing that TJ and and Eric as well gave me the opportunity to do, which is just play. I mean, I came into playing ice hockey late, so. When I first started out, mm-hmm. I wasn't playing as much. And it's almost as if you know, TJ and Eric saw something in what I was trying to do. And it was it was literally as far as, as how TJ just said it, you know, if you're gonna be good at hitting, well then we're gonna have you go out there and hit. You know, you're gonna you're gonna highlight your strength and you're gonna go and continue to do that. And you know, yeah, no, we didn't have anybody on the team that was you know, cancerous. Cause like he said, I mean, he, he did not tolerate that. And like he said before, I mean, we had an excellent relationship with them and there was people who would, you know, try to say stuff or, or get pissed off or, you know, what have you. And, you know, he would just nip it in the ass. And at the same time, he would just show you like, listen, man, you know, I mean, we're boys, we're, you know, going to get after it and get it done. And, you know, that was that, I mean, it, trust me, there were some guys who would fucking, 
be banged up and they'd be crying and shit. And, you know, it didn't stand for that either. Yep. I mean, you're playing and that's the biggest thing. When I see kids get hurt off the softest hits or something, or they look for an excuse to, like, for people to pity them, especially if they're losing or something. It's like, dude, get the fuck up. Especially if you're out next shift. I hate, I hate those yeah. kids. I remember, I never wore a fucking mouth guard. TJ, remember when I went to the penalty box and uh, yeah. the ref said I didn't have a mouthpiece in and I was yeah. screaming, I don't fucking want a mouth guard? <laughs> Yeah, that's oh that's the shitty. I was always that type of player too, where I was I was literally gnawing on like a little piece of plastic that I had left that I called a mouthpiece. And I remember a uh, ref came up to me, he's like, "You need something better than that." And I looked at him, I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" And then all of a sudden, he literally gave me a ten minute misconduct for that for not putting another mouthpiece in. So go <laughs> fuck myself, I guess. All right, Matt, we uh, <laughs> we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll definitely have you on in the future for sure. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate Thanks, it, man. guys. See ya. Gerber, what's going on, man? Fellas, 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 fellas. What is going on, brother? It is a, it is a privilege to be a part of uh, the Dusty Dimes podcast. What's up, now, what's up, Alan? We're going to keep this conversation dusty today, fellas. You know, we're going to get to the point. We're going to knock it right out of the park. This is personally my first podcast, so I'm excited, you know. Fuck yeah. Let's talk about some life hockey stories. All right, first off, now. Mike, we don't even have to talk now, just so you know. This is great. This is the Gerber Jennings podcast right now. Stop, stop, stop. If it wasn't to you, listen, if it wasn't for you two fine gentlemen, I would not have the further knowledge that I would need about hockey in general and juniors and the the nc league you'll you'll elaborate on a further podcast but there's just so much technicality to hockey it's amazing and uh kudos to the both of you fellas thank you i'm learning i'm learning as i go as well baby steps baby steps but here's the deal so i'm in high school many moons ago and I was uh, a walk-on on the freshman hockey team. Now, on for- fortunately for me, I was able to letter, and I was a varsity hockey player. No one can ever take that away from me. Now, that may have only meant that I dressed six games and just walked onto a stage and earned a letter. Equally as such, I earned a letter. Well, my freshman year, you know, the struggle is real, and, and there's going to be players on your team, you know, you two fellas can vouch for this, for the listeners they can vouch for this, that some of them are not as equally as talented as maybe the next guy. Yeah, Jay Kronigo. So, yeah, there you go for, for that guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Touche. And uh, unfortunately for maybe that fella Jake's case is, uh, well, we would dress up for our games and shirts and ties and the whole nine yards. Well, it got to the point where I knew I wasn't going to play the game. This is this is me we're talking about here, not anyone else. And, and sure enough, I would not even get undressed. I would literally put my gear over my shirt, my tie, <laughs> and my khaki pants. And I would literally sit on the bench in like a damn near suit, borderline suit, with my hockey gear all completely on because I knew – as soon as I just took my gear off, I was ready to go out the door 
and I did not even have to get changed. And I would get picked on. The older kids would try to haze me when hazing was still such a thing, when kids weren't bullies, because now, unfortunately, kids are bullies. (laughs) And sure enough, man, I I wouldn't even take my, my professional outfit off. I would just put my gear over my outfit, and I would just attempt to play. And there was actually one game where the coach right at the end, last period, maybe a minute left, go nuts, Alan, just don't hurt yourself. And I'm literally wearing like my khakis and my shirt and tie underneath (laughs) my gear. People in the stands can see this. Like this is seriously like the ha ha funny, look at this guy. Where did he come from? So my question is, why wouldn't they let you play? I, I mean, as I got older, and again, TJ could vouch for this, I mean, I'm not a terrible player. I just probably wouldn't be the kid that you'd pick on the court who was like the last guy left. You'd probably look at me and be like, you know what? We're going to give you a try, man. You deserve a shot, man. And then I'm like the diamond in the rough. Where <laughs> I, I, I get a pass on a breakaway and boom. See, more I was more of an assist guy. I like an assist. I like assists. I'm not a goal guy. Yeah, apples for days, you know. That's it. That's it. Plus, the points are greater. It's it's a, it's an amazing thing, really. Plus, it makes you look like a better player because you know what? Not only did I need to score a goal, nah, I gave it to my man, and my man put it right between the pipes. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So, do you have either a really good story or a funny story for anyone? Well, I mean, your your good host TJ, uh, his his lovely wife, she has two brothers, and I grew up playing hockey with the three of them. It's actually an amazing story, maybe for another day down the line. And I was actually a part of TJ's wedding because of this, and I was able to play adult hockey, uh, men's inline, and it, it just so many amazing experiences and stories that I could tell with the fellas that I met through these lifelong friends, you know, even TJ himself. But one in particular has got to take the cake. And, you know, uh, it was probably episode four, episode five. You were talking about one of the hockey players. Um, I know you, you elaborated on the MMA guy, but how he was just so down to earth playing. It was you, Mike, you, you you would play with these guys from like the Phantoms and such. And they were just so like humble and you knew how well they were and how talented they are overall as professionals, but players they're, they're humble. They can, you know, kind of pass down their knowledge or do a good deed. Right. So I'm at the all-star game last year in Tampa, Florida, and I go to see uh, Henrik Lundqvist He's the only New York Ranger on the all-star team that year. And I'm a big Rangers fan, right? I'm literally five feet from Henrik Lundqvist. You could literally reach out and grab this guy and shake him down. That's how close I am. I'm next to four or five other Ranger fans fully decked out. I mean, regale head to foot, you know. I'm talking little kids in nicer jerseys, older than I am. And it's just, just, you feel the love. You feel the ambiance. He looks at us. He waves at us. The five of us are like, 
our dream has come true. We're going to meet. I mean, this little kid, that's, that's his idol. He's not my idol. I'm a Richter guy. But regardless, I'm thinking I'm going to meet this guy. Yeah. It's fantastic. He brushes us all off. And then as he brushes us all off, this little kid tries to run up to him and says, King, King, King. He looks at the little kid, waves his hand in his face and says, I'm sorry, and turns around. And then he was saved by the Renicops that day in Tampa. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I never had blood boil so hard in my body watching this guy in his little fancy little coat. He did have a nice coat. His coat was real sick, actually. But, dude, come on. If it were a Rangers game at home, I get it. You don't want to be bothered walking in your home building. You're at a fan fest outdoors in the middle uh, of the center complex of the Tampa Arena. Yeah. But that'll but, uh, that evolves. Alan, let me that let ev- me interrupt you real quick. Uh, Mike, sorry. Mike, check your email real quick. Go ahead, Alan. Okay. All right. So that evolves to this. Well, you know, TJ, Mike, you you like the Flyers? I'm assuming. You of like course. Okay, so fair enough. You'll appreciate the hell out of this story if TJ didn't already tell you. So Jeremy Roenick was just there signing autographs, and his particular station was the beer tent, they called it. He literally was a bartender signing free autographs. If you walked up and bought a tall boy, uh, for those who are underage, that's a uh, 22-ounce can of adult beverage. he uh, <laughs> would sign a secondary item for you. So uh, I waited in line of maybe 25 people and literally walk up to the guy. I'm telling him about TJ. I'm telling him about TJ's brother-in-law and how he's about to get married and that how Jeremy Roenick is, is uh, his idol. And this dude literally stops me in my tracks and says, do you want me to make a video for your boy or something? And I'm thinking to myself, like, do I say yes or no? <laughs> like, what do I say? Like, how do I answer that question? Now, obviously, it sounds so easy. Like, of course, yes. Yeah. But I'm just so taken back that five minutes ago, I'm literally cursing at Henrik Lundqvist getting yelled at by a rent-a-cop. And this dude stopped what he was doing to be like, could I make a, a like a videotape for your buddy for his wedding? And I'm like, yeah, let me set this up for him. Set this up. Dude, I literally filmed him. TJ will send you this video. I literally start crying because this guy is just going in. Oh his brother lit, his brother's name is Eric. No, and I and, uh, and when you sent me that video, I, I showed Adrian. I, I started tearing up because it was like it was crazy. This Jeremy Roenick stops what he's doing to be like, hey, Eric, man, it's too bad you're not down here in Tampa. It's not verbatim, but it's too bad you're not down here in Tampa. And your buddy says you're getting married. Congratulations. I signed the puck for you. I appreciate you as a fan. Best wishes. He just goes on this 30-second sunglasses on, sipping his can of beer while we're all just getting <laughs> autographs and cans of beer. And I'm like, now I'm, I'm like, okay, there are actually good people in this world who oh, yeah. will always you know, give back. And I'm sure that there's people out there who have met Henrik Lundqvist and have had a better experience than me. I mean, it's a pretty good story either way, so I don't know. 
but it's just one of those things. But oh yeah, no, I, I know where you're coming from because it's one of those things too that we we always talk about that there's a lot of guys that really you know work a lot harder than the guys that are in the show now and the guys that put a lot more work than the guys that you know just skill and don't really have to put a lot of effort behind it. Yeah, and it, it, it's not even like the veteran. It, it's just it, it's amazing on how how two different spectrums of hockey. I mean, Jeremy Roenick's probably the third best American to ever play hockey. Mm-hmm. Maybe number maybe number two. Uh, Mike Madano might be number one. Uh, I, that's just me shoot, shooting from the hip right there. <laughs> I mean, this guy's literally. If he would have won a cup, he probably would have been number one. Yeah. And, you know, Henrik Lundqvist wishes on his best day that he could polish Mike Richter's shoes. I mean, yeah, granted, he's got these records and he's got the win records. He also played longer than Mike Richter and Mike Richter in half the time. But he doesn't have a cup. Yeah, exactly. As as far as I'm (laughs) concerned, Henrik Lundqvist could play in traffic. But uh, that's just my opinion. But now, Alan, let me ask you a question real quick. Right. We got Mike's Shoot. buddy on here. Do you have time to stay on for the rest of the episode, or you got to go? Oh, I'm hanging. Out. Right. As long as I'm not getting kicked yeah. off, I'm ready to go. Yeah, no. This so for everyone. This is my buddy Dominacchio, aka D Money. Um, I grew up playing with him since we were comets back in what six. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, been a while, going, man. Guys? What's going on, man? So. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is, you know, what was probably like your toughest experience growing up, you know, like kind of being a bigger guy and realizing like everything's kind of changing to nothing but speed. So do you have to kind of adapt or? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Growing, I mean, in the Valley, growing up, playing there, it was, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a little bubble in there. And, you know, there's kind of, you know, guys, some of the kids, you know, are peaking when they're 14 years old and it's easily, it's easy to get discouraged and, you know, you just got to keep working, but at the same time, you know, you then, you, you, you reach, you know, that peak in the, in your little bubble in the Valley, like, oh yeah, you're a good player there now. And then you start going to camps here and camps there. And these kids are friggin' buzzing around you, and you're like, "Oh man!" <laughs> you're like, "Fuck!" A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, what was probably like your toughest uh, junior team to probably try out for, or even play for? Uh, I'll tell you what. I was a, uh, I was a suitcase. I like, I'll, I'll put that out there first. Um, I, I really love to travel and just got love the thrill of, you know, going to play ch- new challenges. Yep. And uh, my first ever camp was for Johnstown Tomahawks in the NA. I was uh, I was a kid. I was a little chubby kid. <laughs> and I went out there and wrong with I was that. tough with a cage on and r- running around trying to cross check people and it was honestly one of the biggest eye openers ever for me. And, you know, looking back, it might've been the best $300 I ever spent. <laughs> nice. I'll never forget the one time when we're playing 18 double a and we're playing at the tournament of champions down the Prudential center. And 
I remember Dom looking at our coach saying, like, I- I'm just going to – I'm literally going to go fucking kill this kid. He fucking was, like, begging our coach to go around fighting because, I don't know, did this kid just piss you off or something or what? Yeah, well, what happened was I had tried to play junior earlier that year, and I got the wrong interpretation of why I didn't make the team. And I thought it was because they wanted me to be tougher. <laughs> and meanwhile, I couldn't skate backwards too much. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. So, bro, but all I remember is you fucking grabbing a holy guy, pumping the brakes off him. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I have I've had some fun ones in my day. Uh, I was lucky enough. My first two years of junior was. Uh, before they started really cracking down, which, uh, you know, benefited me, gave me an opportunity to get on uh, some rosters that I might not have had a chance to get on. But, uh, no, in the, at the end of the day, the game has come a long way from that. I do always think there's going to be a place, uh, a time and a place for fighting in hockey. But for now, you know, you got to gotta work on the foot speed. No, I got it. I got a I got a question for both of you. I'll let I'll let Alan go first. And uh, what what's your biggest influence and biggest inspiration in playing when you played hockey? Getting into hockey, the camaraderie, the teamwork, meeting charismatic people like yourself, like your family, like your extended family. I mean, if it wasn't for Eric, you know, and and Eric's sister, which is TJ's wife. I would would not be on the podcast, let alone no TJ, et cetera. So that that probably is the highlight, and that all correlates to uh, the teamwork and the camaraderie. Because if I would have never played hockey, no, I know it's it's crazy. I it's it, it's it's crazy to say. Like I I consider you know everybody listening. I consider Alan like a brother. I really do. I love him like a brother. I wish I could say the same. Oh, you win? That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a ha ha. ha. That was almost dead silence. <laughs> that was the crickets. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Continue. But uh, yeah, it's that's I, I'm very appreciative of that. You know that you met the dolls and grew grew with them in in the hockey and so Dom. Yeah, no, I uh, building off that. I, I can't. I mean. I think I'm going to have to say somewhat similar, something similar. I mean, just the, from day one, when you walk into a, a locker room and, you know, you're accepted as part of a family and just the whole, the whole like notion that hockey, the hockey community carries as being, you know, one and a family and in a time of need, you can lean on one another. And, uh, you know, even in beer league, man, you see these guys blocking shots with no cages on when they got work in the morning, you know, just because the beer tastes a little better after the win. <laughs> Speaking of uh, beer league, I definitely got to bring up the sticks a bit here because, I mean, let's be honest, you're basically GM of the sticks. You know oh, what I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, the fresh sticks, that's the one, that's one thing that's been awesome out of the Lehigh Valley, the men's league team. You know, they get a lot of shit from a lot of guys, but uh, they give an opportunity for guys to skate uh, a lot, especially guys that are still playing, and it gives them a chance to do decent uh, 
decently level pace skates because obviously you know being in the valley it's not a hockey hotbed yep you can't go to uh you can't go to these elite level skates every night of the week and stuff so it's a good uh it's, i think it's good for the area so to touch on a little bit of the fresh six the fresh six uh they're a men's league team they they it's basically ran by a guy named christian mueller but it, he's able to pull skates together so there's like tournaments playing in montreal nashville down in uh fort Lauderdale you guys get to travel as a men's league team and they usually win every single one of them because I mean, the guys that they bring are all quality junior guys, all guys that know how to play hockey very well. And even for the B league, it's, you know, no offense to the B guys. It's definitely a a B team, but the way that they play, is just so well. And it's a good team definitely to get a hold of. If you guys are, you know, juniors and you're trying to find something in the off season and trying to stay healthy look into still playing men's league it's not one of those things that you're gonna be drinking beer all the time and you know getting fat and whatnot if you're trying to stay in shape that's definitely a team to look into or definitely in the original six yeah i mean christian mueller does a really good job of uh you know just really giving a shit to put it to put it point yeah. blank i mean he uh he really cares about the guys and he uh and even when you said in the B division where the talent might not be as high, they really harp on, you know, the hockey family and guys play for one another. And it does give you that sense of, you know, you know, brotherhood and stuff when you are done playing. Exactly. Absolutely. And that, and that's the thing, man. In the end of it, you all wear the same jersey. You all play for one reason. I'm just throwing it out there. If you guys want a good time in nightlife, add me. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> If you want to go out with the fresh sticks from nightlife, I don't know. You might get arrested or be in a coma after the night of drinking. I saw videos of Don <laughs> out chugging. Like, what was that? That fucking those French guys in the parking lot. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what did they do? Like the, the sounds like a party. Beer drinking competition. <laughs> the Germans too. The Germans. Oh my god, that video was insane. We literally go on a bar crawl. Um, so. Myself, Dom, the rest of the Fresh Six team, we go up to Montreal uh, last summer. Uh, phenomenal tournament. They basically shuttle you everywhere from the hotel to the rink to the bar back to the hotel. Like It was unreal, right? So our trophy is basically a Stanley Cup, but it's a fucking keg, uh, Coors Light bottles, and then like a fucking cup, and it's called the Coors Light Cup. Yeah, it's actually nice. an incredible tournament. It was unreal, man. And yeah, uh, first from the moment you get there, when you pull into the hotel parking lot, they greet you with these smoke show girls. They're there handing you packages. <laughs> what? Every game, they walk into your locker room and hand you beer, yeah. like on a platter. They just come into you and they're like, oh, would you like a beer? And we're just like, fuck yeah, man. Like, this is sick. Yeah, they, yeah, it's they do. You know, they got like I said, you're doing an interview. They got the camera in your face. They got these two blondes like, making you chug beer. It's unbelievable. Oh, it, it's it's it didn't feel like hockey. I swear to God. Like and yet we we're that was probably one of the best competitive wise hockey. But then, we like played we were in. talking about earlier, we go up there and you got these French guys buzzing around because you can't <laughs> hit them. <laughs> oh man, those, those fucking last camarades or whatever. Packs, they can't keep up. <laughs> That was some bullshit. We go to the finals, and we we literally had the bar crawl the night prior, so we get annihilated. Every single one of us were fucking gone, and uh, all of a sudden we're talking to this team. We're playing the finals the next day because we know they have these two guys that either play what they play in the East Coast. 
yeah. And we were just like, oh, yeah, they're not coming, right? And they're like, oh, no, no, they're not coming. They're not coming. We lost warm-ups. They were there. And we were like, fuck, man. They're good. Yeah, that was a good team. Then, Mike, you wanted you uh, – we got some Q&A here. You want to get in the Q&A? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's hear it. So we got a question here. Is who was the best coach you ever worked with? Hmm. You want to start or you want me to start? You can start this one. We can pass this around for everyone too. Yeah. This is easy. Um, I would have to say the best coach I worked with was probably Mike Murphy, and he he's he's the one that actually got me into coaching in Jersey. Uh, he coaches Rutgers D two right now, and the guy the guy knows his shit. He knows everything about hockey. He's he's not that type of coach that sits there and you know thinks he knows it all. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, he's probably he's probably the best knowledgeable and respectful coach I ever worked with. And I mean, in the touch on that, I got you know the the guy Craig I'm working with now. Craig Craig's a fucking beauty. It's like it's like working with Mike. He's the same way. It's he, he's very passionate for the game as well as I am. Yeah, I'd have to say um, probably when I was at Bantam, I was a fucking head case because I was really my first year of travel. So I already had 150-something penalty minutes, and it was just stupid penalties I was taking, running my mouth and stuff like that. So I actually had an assistant coach. I mean, it was literally single A or, yeah, it was literally single A hockey. It wasn't anything good. But he literally told me, like, he brought me aside, and he was like, listen, man, like, you're letting your emotions get the best of you. And I think that coach, his name was Matt, or uh, Dave Beadle, and he pulled aside and just brought me back to reality a while. He's like, man, you got to stop this shit. You're killing your team. And don't get me wrong, I think the next year I was still a basket case, but I wasn't as bad. But he definitely put a reality check on me real quick at an early age. How about you, uh, D-Money, I got to ask you, who was probably your best guy? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have you know, gone out of their way over the years to help me out. But I think uh, my when I went out to uh, – when I went out west and played for Marty Quarters, uh, he really – really uh you know just I feel like he took my game to that next step you know instilled a lot of confidence in me and uh you know gave me kind of kind of made me the player I am today that's awesome man um Alan do you have anything do you have anyone yeah yeah there's uh three coaches uh one would have to be the travel team that I played with alongside uh Eric and Eric's older brother. His name was Jay. This guy would probably be like the coolest dude as an adult, but as a hockey coach, I mean, he was a good coach. He just was, he was a party animal. He's a savage. <laughs> It'd be cool to know him as an adult though. I tell you, I could only imagine. And then in high school, coach Andy, only because he, he believed in the guy who is like the underdog story. Not that I excelled to be the champion or anything, but he, he could see that I was not as good as the other players, pushed me to succeed. And even Coach Jones, same, different year, a couple years later. I played with his sons on the same team, so oh. there was always you no know, connection with that. But another guy who who pushed the little train that could to be better than he could be. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the one thing. You always have that one coach that, you know, you really kind of remember in your life that takes an impact on you that kind of changes your mentality and kind of your game style because 
if you think about it, all of us kind of seen the evolution of hockey change from nothing but pure fighting and grit to nothing but speed now. And even you, Dom, like you're a bigger defenseman. So you also probably see a lot of smaller D guys getting a chance to play because they need guys to keep up the speed. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, still I'm still actively playing. So, you know, I, I do – I follow a lot of guys that are, you know, making a name in the league in the, you know, the Southern Pro, the East, the East Coast League mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, I, I follow it a lot. And, you know, even – seven to ten years ago you would never see the amount of five foot seven five foot eight defensemen that are getting the shot but they're getting the chance because man they can fly yep. snap and tape to tape passes they can see lanes before the lanes even open up like you know these guys are they're it's incredible to watch these guys buzz around nowadays but it's cool, too, because a lot of our listeners, I mean, there's there's a lot of small guys out there that really never thought in their mind to really have the chance because, you know, in their mentality, they're always told that, you know, if you're small growing up, you never really got a shot. Well, this is from four other guys saying, like, small guys in hockey really do kind of progress. And it's just really how much effort you put into it, how much time you, like, put on the ice and off the ice. But – Another, actually, another viewer asked us too. Um, what was probably like your best experience in a road trip? Like, you got a good story for us, D Money? <laughs> 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 I uh, gotta hear this one. Oh boy. Well, uh, I was lucky enough to play in the, the WSHL for a little bit, <laughs> the Wild West, as I like to call it, where, um, you know, don't get me wrong. It's the top end of the league has some good talent, but there's plenty of weekends where the boys can go have a good time. And uh, so we're headed down to a trip uh, down to New Mexico for a weekend. And we were going from Cheyenne, Wyoming. So I don't know, good 15, 16 hours on the bus. And, you know, the coaches and owners, they always seem to have flights for those uh, for those trips. So, so the, the, you know, the fellows have the bus to themselves, and uh, we were fortunate enough to have an older group of guys, and uh, I, I, I want to say it was the last road trip headed into playoffs. So, you know, a couple couple sodas were brought up on board, and, you know, cards are going, one thing leads to another, we stop in, it's right outside of Denver. One of the guys was a local, and he sneaks two chicks onto the bus. <laughs> so now it's getting late. A couple guys are drinking. Uh, you know, cards are going. Some money's being exchanged. All this, like, no one, you know, captain is supposed to have control of the situation here. Yeah. Well, the night gets a little <laughs> out of control. Okay? People drink NyQuil, get some sleep. Next thing you know, we wake up in New Mexico. The lights fly on, and you hear over the, the bus radio, Rio Rancho, Rio Rancho. And it's this New Mexico song, and it's our owner, Bus on the Bus. He's all excited that we have this, you know, the last weekend, he flew down, the family's in town. Well, he, as soon as he takes three steps on the bus, there's two chicks passed out. The leading scorer, the leading scorer is hanging off, like, the top bunk. And all he does is he, he 
instantly grabs like five, six of us that were like notorious rowdy guys. And he's like, this is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. Because obviously, you know, junior hockey, not everyone's 21 of age. Yeah. And someone had to be held accountable. Well, the one kid, the one kid raises his hand and he's like, you know what? I like it down here. I was the one that brought him down. <laughs> Everyone starts dying, laughing. They trash bag his stuff, and he's next thing you know, he's living in New Mexico. No oh. fucking way. They yep. let him. Oh. They kept him. Yeah. They left he him. He took down a liking to one of the girls. He said, "You know, this could be a fun time." Oh my god! At least he kept his hands full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he fucking stayed down. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, well, like you said, you know, we got they caught us doing something we probably shouldn't have been doing, and rightfully so. The owners wanted to keep, you know, keep their team pristine and intact, so they looked to hold someone accountable, and he was more than happy. <laughs> That's a definition no. of taking one for the team, though. Oh my god! It was either truth or consequences. Yeah, absolutely, I can only imagine what he would have done to you guys if he didn't take that. That, oh, that would have oh, been man. a shit show. Yeah, and there's that's a long bus ride back. I'll tell you that much. Did you guys get bagged after that? Well, no, because like I said, we were headed we were headed down the stretch in the playoffs, and oh, the kid handled it perfect. You know, everyone was pay- like, you know, it was one of those things where like, you know, the boys are rolling. You know, you have an off weekend. You know, everyone kind of knows what's happening, but you got to kind of. Uh, you're not they can't see it, you know? Yeah. And we just kinda got caught. And it happens. Uh, Listen, you you went out with a blaze of glory, bro. Oh my god. I just can't get over that. Holy but, shit. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's a time and a place. As long as kids are, you know, I don't wanna be telling people to go to play junior hockey at a party. Because that team ended up working really hard all year to earn, you know, home ice in the first round and the ability to to have a good time. So, you know, um, can, it goes hand in hand. Real quick, can, real, you, can you touch on the Titans team that you played with? Yeah, that was probably the most talented team I ever played with. Uh, we were up in northern Quebec about uh, 40 minutes from North Bay. We played in the GMHL, which has a, a pretty rough reputation. Uh, there's a lot of scams and stuff that happens there, but the top teams in that league are legit, and there's a lot of top talent there. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, my team specifically, we won the championship I think in 2015. Yep, we were loaded with XOHL talent and heavy, you know, point per game tier two players, and uh, you know everyone that could, you know, I think we had like eight guys that went Division One in uh, Sweden Pro. Or better that year. So, I mean, that team was just loaded with talent. And you want to talk about a team that got wild. Oh, yeah. Now, are Euros crazy on your team over there or up there? Oh, my God. They're the craziest people that you could ever meet. And we had – I think we had eight of them. I think we had eight of them. Because there's no import rule. Wow. uh, Up there, really? Yeah, and they all lived in an apartment complex together. There was two apartment buildings, and all the Swedes were stuck in those, in those two buildings. And they never like they didn't like beer, so they would just buy cases and cases of like straw burritos and shit. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! 
straw yeah, bro they, they, like, they make disco weird. tech they make disco tech exactly <laughs> not even exaggeration <laughs> but uh, yeah man no i really appreciate both the both of you guys coming on um you know if you guys are want to get back on again we'll definitely reach out to you guys absolutely yeah, thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, D-Money, you know I'll see you sometime during the week, man. I play hockey every so often, so. Yeah, we got to get in touch with you about uh, getting on some of these tournament teams for the summer, so. That'd be. I'm always trying to play. That would be great. I'd love to say the same thing, but, guys, I retired a long time ago. <laughs> my, my, jersey, my jersey's hanging up in a tool shed behind the touching sports flicks. I'm not, I'm not playing any hockey anytime soon, but I'll come watch. I'm Fuck a good yeah. watcher. Fuck yeah. Hey, hey, beer's always cold. Um, Damn right. D-Money, D-Money. I'm bringing the girls next time, D-Money. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on Dusty Dimes. Have a good one, fellas. You, you yep. too. Take care, fellas. Stay dusty. Yeah, you too, bub. Holy fuck, man. What a fucking gong show. That was sick. Oh, it was It was amazing, man. Like, oh, I, yeah. I was like, who the fuck's this Allen guy? Then all of a sudden you bring on, like, dude, I love him. I was yeah, like, this guy just takes over. And I was like, that, let me just sit back with my feet up. Yep. He's a beauty. He, he just, he's, he's the type of guy you want to hang out with. And, you know, oh, 100%. I, I'd drink, oh. I would buy him fucking oh rounds God. all night. Just a beauty. So, um, you want to finish on a couple of these Q and A's and then, uh, we'll fin- wrap this thing up. Yeah. We, we got one for you. It's, it's almost there's one for you, one for me, and the one question of you were asked it says, "Mike, will you ever work in the pro scene again?" Um, that's one thing that I would, you know, I would love to. When I was working in the Phantoms, it was obviously like a dream because you're around nothing but top of the line stuff. You get to see the in and outs and behind the scenes of really what goes behind like a game day, and like there's a lot behind it that you guys don't necessarily see. And like the overnights that we pull just to even get like laundry done for a morning skate. So it's it's that I truly loved. Um, Unfortunately, uh, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately, I was in the military back then. um, And just with everything going on, I I couldn't handle everything. So I had to let it go. And, you know, I picked up a full time gig with a junior team in the EHL. Obviously, it had its setbacks, but at the same time, I enjoyed every minute of it. But the question that you guys asked, will I ever be back in the pro scene? If they, if they allow me, then yes. If they ever give me an offer to come back and work with them, 100%. Um, but I, I am also going to school in the summer as well. So, you know, it's, it is a dream of mine. But at the same time, if I'm not playing pro hockey now, um, I'm trying to get an education. So, Hell yeah. Yes, I would love to, a hundred million thousand percent, if that's even a fucking number. I just made it a number. But yes, I would love to, if that ever comes across my table. But right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But I'm saying, hey, listen, I still sharpen skates, so can't really <laughs> complain. Yeah. But uh, actually, the question for you is, what's it like working with TJ? Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. What's it like working with TJ? Is he really that competitive and funny? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, so this motherfucker will play NHL on Xbox, and he talks it all the time if someone turns it over. So, yes, he's very competitive, but and it's one of those things, too. 
especially when we go out and when we're on road trips and we went out, you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth because like it, no filter. It just came out and you just look at him and you, you can't but fucking laugh. Like it's just too fucking funny. Like he, he's an asshole, but it, it's a funny asshole. And it's like kind of the both of us. If we'd like you or to be nice to you, if you're a fucking asshole, well, we're going to treat you like one. So, yeah. So, <laughs> Working with TJ, it's very easy too because every we very it's nice because we both were in the industry, um, especially in the pros working East Coast AHL. Um, so we were able to like bounce off each other working on the same team. Um, it was funny too because before we went into our first junior season together, we were on the phone nonstop before we met face to face. Face faith, Jesus Christ, I had a little lisp there. Praise him, and, praise him. <laughs> and it was kind of it was funny though because we were able to, you know, read what was going to happen in a season and we knew what we needed to do and we didn't like communicate that much. We just kind of know what had to be done. So working with TJ was easy for a lot of the people, you know, it could be a pain in the ass um, because you don't like people being blunt. Well, stop being a pussy. So I don't tell you. Uh, And and like, yeah, I'll touch on that. It was, it was easy working with you. I, I didn't, you know, as a coach and, you know, I told you from day one, like, obviously, like, during game days, like, when I come in, it's my locker room. But other than that, it's your locker room. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, that's People got to understand that. Like, that's your, you know, that's your place. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's the one thing that – and a lot of guys, especially in the equipment world, need to know, too. It's, like, the locker room, everything's your baby. But, like, on game day, you make it your baby for the boys. And that's yeah. the thing. It's, like, you clean it up. You make everything nice. But, like, once the coach comes in, you step out of the way. Like, the only time I ever stepped in between is, like, if a player is, like, hey, Mike, I need my skates done quick, like, touched up. You know, I'm running up to my office quick, touching up, bringing them back down. So, it was nice because never we never got into an argument. We never, never. – Yeah. It was never one of those things that we were, like, oh, you fucking piece of shit, get out of my way. <laughs> like – yeah. It, it, it was one of those things that, especially on the bench too, if something was going wrong, you, I couldn't, I could just tell what, if he was going to snap and that's where I stay the fuck away. I just let him go in, snap, walk out. And then that's when I go in, yo, you guys need some? No, I'll see you out there. It was very no. easy. Yeah. And to end it, you know, we, uh, it's, you know, somebody asked, you know, some stories about the nightlife. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, I got two, I'll, I'll do two quick ones. And one, the first one involves, you know, Alan, AKA Gerber Jennings. It was just on is I, I, I wish he was on. I, I should have told this when he was on. Cause uh, so my bachelor party was in Atlantic city, you know, a bunch of hockey guys, Alan came, my, uh, my brother-in-laws came and my dad came and like a close friend of my dad's came and all, all a bunch of hockey buddies Long story short, you know, we're, we're drinking. We start drinking at three o'clock in the, in the afternoon and guys are fucking passing out at seven o'clock then re-energizing at nine. And we, we end up going out and we're like, fuck man, we don't want to Uber. We don't want to take a taxi. And I shit you not, man, Mike Mm -hmm. Allen comes out and goes, you want a fucking limo? I got you a limo, right? Ten minutes later, a fucking limo shows up. He goes, it's on me, guys. You don't have to pay for anything. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, nah, nah, we're good. We're good. So we ended up getting in this limo. Then we go to this fucking club right near Trump Plaza. This place was a fucking shithole. We're like, all right, let's leave. 
So as we're walking out, a van pulls up for a strip club, right? So we all jump in. We go to this fucking strip club, right? And it was a fucking shit show. Just a fucking shit show, right? I look at Alan, I'm like, Alan, do we have this limo? He's like, nah, man, we, we, don't, we only had it that one time. I said, all right. So we go to this strip club. We go inside. It was a shit show. As we're looking for our one buddy, we can't fucking find him, right? <laughs> He's outside trying to get fucking coke. <laughs> oh, right! My God! And we're—I I think it's—is like one of the, I think it's a bad place in ACA, Plainsville or something. It's some fucking. I mean, Atlantic shit. City, man. Good it's lord, yo, man. So we're fucking there, and my brother-in-law throws me in the van. He's like, "If something's gonna go down, I don't want you fucking getting hurt, right?" Yeah, mind you, he's trying to fucking get cocaine off this fucking guy, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" It was just—it was a shit show that night. Hey, listen, I mean, I got a pretty good story. So I went to, uh, actually, one time when I went to Vegas. So yep. my best friend, right, He he's like, hey, what are you doing for your, when you turn 21? I was like, I don't fucking know. So, like, for any of you fucks that, like, watch The Hangover, you're like, oh, after this, I need to go to Vegas. And I never <laughs> thought in my life I was going to go to Vegas. But he's like, hey, we're going to Vegas. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to Vegas. All right. So, uh I guess it, the way it worked out is his girl that he's now engaged to um, used to live out there. So we were able to stay with the family member. But every night we would, like, go into Vegas, get absolutely sloshed, and, like, go to clubs. And it was a great time. But, well, my first experience walking to Vegas, right, walking down the main strip, I'm pretty banged up. And uh, I'm basically trying to figure out my left or right at this point. And all of a sudden, you see these two lesbian chicks arguing. I'm like, oh, fuck, some Jerry Springer action. This is going to be great. So I'm fucking standing there just chugging up on this fucking, like, three-foot-long, like, tube of just margarita. I don't even know what it was. It was great. It was like a necklace. It was attached. I couldn't lose it. So I was getting boozed up all night. So I'm watching a Jerry Springer fight live in front of me on the sidewalk. And (laughs) these two lesbian chicks are fighting. No shit, Teej. This one broad was definitely like a solid 200 pounds plus on me. I would not fuck with her, but she assured me. She uppercuts her girlfriend or whoever she was. Fucking her girl just like drops like slow-mo. And I'm like sipping my big boy. Like, wow, this (laughs) really just happened. Big gulps, huh? (laughs) Yeah. So, and this is like on the way to like this club, right? So we're going to this club called One Oak and my buddy's like, all right, like, I guess his girl was like, all right, well, she's going out with her friends, just me and you. So we go in here, and all of a sudden, like, it, he's like, oh, run DMCs here. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And for you guys that don't know who it is, it's Rev Run. And I was calling him Rev Ron all night because I was fucking <laughs> annihilated. I was like, yeah, Rev Ron, Rev Ron. And I have, like, all these videos. And it's just, I threw it on Instagram, spelling it out, Rev R-O-N. So it was just a rough night. And uh, I remember like going in there and I get so blackout drunk that he literally, when we leave, stretch limo waiting for us. And I'm just looking at him like, oh, you balling like this. And I'm just like thinking to myself, like, how fucked up am I to think like I'm going to stretch limo? I passed out 92 seconds in limo. I didn't even get to enjoy it. <laughs> I woke up in their drive. And apparently I carried me out. And if, listen, if you guys want me to post a photo of the day after that, I have it. So 
Unreal. That I posted on Dusty Dimes. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Other than that, man, that's my only story that I got. I got I, I got one little quick one, then we're then we're done. And, and right. so we're we are. I think it's the finals for we were playing in this league XIHL for mm-hmm. inline pro inline, and we were playing Hartford, and we it was a best of three series. The two games were at our house at our fucking our rink in Jersey. Yeah. First night we're like we won. First night we're like all right, let's go down. We go down the seaside bamboo, right? So all they don't know, this is Jersey Shore. You know where they do the show and shit. So we're out with my buddy and uh, fuck it, I'll say his name, Eli. We're out with Eli. <laughs> Eli He's was uh, same, Eli's the same guy that did the sing sing in in Reno, Nevada. So sing we're sing. out and Eli's dating this girl. He's also seeing a girl. I know you're going with this. Oh my seeing, god! And he's seeing another girl. So to the audience doesn't know that's three females he's seen. All right. <laughs> So we go out, it's it's all of us, it's like six of us. We're all out, we're hanging out, and he's there with this girl that he's dating. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go get some drinks. I go get some drinks, and I shit you not, I know the girl that he was dating, he was the other girl he was seeing is at the bar, like two people down from me. I'm like, oh fuck. I literally grab my drinks, I go back, I'm like, Eli, so and so's here, right? He's like, fuck. So we go to fucking we go to leave. As we're leaving with the one girl that he's there with, we run into the third chick. Oh my god. So mind you, we're in the fucking club. There's gotta be at least six hundred people in this club, and magically we run into these fucking two girls. So we're we're fucking bobbing and weaving like fucking Muhammad Ali out of this fucking club, right? Long story short is we ended up getting a fucking way that night without the fucking girl seeing. So it was, it was a comical fucking night. I, I don't condone seeing three girls at one time. If you can get away with it. Oh my <laughs> like, God. fuck. It, it, like, fuck. If you're not married. If you're not married. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. I don't condone that shit. But if you're not married and, you want to fucking and you're playing junior hockey and you're seeing three girls at one time. By all means, do it. Live it up. Listen. And the thing is, too, for you fuckers that are going to college and are trying to get wife down before going to college, dick out of her purse. Yeah. Pull your dick out of her purse and get a move on, man. There's plenty of women out there. Plenty of fish in the sea. And for any of these female women that are, well, female women, Jesus Christ. For any of these women that are listening right now, we're not trying to offend you. It's just the reality of things. You can play us just as hard as we play you. Just saying. Yeah. But, hey, anyway, to end on a good note. <laughs> so, again, we do have another sponsor that we didn't get to touch on, uh, Creative T-Shirt Printing. Um, there, if you need any type of custom T-shirts, hoodies, shorts, uh, long pants such as sweats, um, go to creativetshirtprinting.com or their Instagram underscore creativetshirtprinting underscore uh, that's their Instagram page to get all information about them. So they're located outside inside of Pennsylvania. So if you guys are in PA, it's probably again create t-shirt printing and also our other sponsor, Bear Beards. So if you guys ever need to check anything out, go on Etsy.com for Bear Beards or also their Facebook as well. Um, it's B A R E Beards. Um, so give them a look as well. But other than that, we appreciate another you know listen to and stay dusty stay dusty boys yeah that's all i gotta say see you mike you too
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dusty Dimes. Today's topic is actually season-ending stories, which is a good topic since, you know, most junior seasons and kind of college seasons are dwindling down now. Um, really, the only seasons we got going on are, what, NHL, AHL, East Coasters. Yep. Yep, I mean, jun- juniors yep. and youth is coming Crazy. to an average. It's nice. So it's nice we get to be able to talk to player about players' stories um, and just kind of reflecting on, you know, this past season, especially in youth hockey, because – I don't think we get to really touch much about like youth hockey and also the parents that get involved, bullshit refing, like just it's the hell out of me too. Yeah, we'll get into that definitely for sure after, you know, we have these kids on. Yeah, no, and that's the thing that's gonna be nice today. So we're able to bring a couple of the guys that to coach um and actually not just coach but just work with in general in the junior scene. Yeah. So they're gonna reflect on their season. Um how well they did, where they could improve, some good stories they have. So it's going to be a fun, you know, episode oh. today. It's not going to be anything really too wild, but. No, but, uh, you know, confirm, I just want to let you know that uh, Kevin Gumas actually just messaged me and he's on for Wednesday. Okay, yeah, that's amazing. Because, so Gumi, we both know Gumi very well. Yes. Um, working in AHL on the East Coast, we've seen Kevin Gumas come up and down to both of our teams. And, He's almost like uh, our previous guy that we had, John Shabu. He's just really, like, funny guy, humble, just loves to play hockey. Uh, he played at UNH um, for college. So, the, guy, the guy's got it, you know what I mean? Oh, Especially if you yeah. can make an AHL roster, you, you got to be good at hockey. I mean, and he's got a, he's got a story, man. He, he, he banged his knee up pretty good. He was out for a full season. Now he's back playing. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I'll ask if he wants to try to steal my fucking dip again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, Warzy, you got any chew? No. I thought you quit. Ah, yeah. This is before a game. He comes up to me. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. All right. So I put it back in my pocket. In the middle of the first, second period, he comes up to me. Yo, you got any poochers? And I'm like, you motherfucker. He fucking, he must have <laughs> took almost three tins of mine throughout the entire season. So, Kevin, if you're listening to this, you still owe me. You owe him, Goomy. You owe him. Even though I don't even dip anymore, but hey, listen, we'll find a way. But uh, so I think who we have on today, Tucker. We have Tucker, Keyshawn, Mikey, Tristan, uh, one of the kids I used to coach back with Ross. So you'll get to hear. So the billet house guys. Yep. You'll, you'll okay. Hear this kid named Drew. Okay. So. The billet house guys are definitely the guys that we want to try to pull on in the podcast. Just for a lot of people that don't um, realize that living in a billet house isn't bad because you get to really form more of a bond with your teammates off the ice and not necessarily just on the ice, you know? So you get to also meet new families um, and it teaches you responsibility and also respect to other families as well. Because, you know, you can go to a billet house, say you go play in Alaska and you're from fucking Florida, you know, uh, that's just being a little drastic, but I'm just saying, you know, and their culture is completely different over there compared to where you live, you know, and yeah, it's one of the things you have to accept, but well, yeah, we got, uh, Drew, Drew's on the line now, Drew, what's up, buddy, it's TJ. Not much, TJ, how you doing? Good, it's my co-host, Mike. How's, How's it going, going Mike? What's going on, man? It, uh, not much, not much, just enjoying life out here in Pittsburgh now, and just relaxing. Are you a Pittsburgh fan? Uh, no, not a Pittsburgh fan. Good man. 
Hey, it's all right. Listen, you're all right. I wasn't going to rip you then. We're fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, not a we're Pittsburgh good. fan just going to school out here. Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, what school are you going to? I go to Duquesne. Okay. Yeah. Good for you, man. The guy, the kid was just up in Canada, man. He was literally just up in Canada. He was, you see a Snapchat just fucking rocking out with his cock out. <laughs> yeah, it must be fucking nice. Thanks for the invite. You know, if you forget about Dusty Dimes, no big deal. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Drew, so it's some days up in Canada. Drew, we're talking about, you know, like player stories from back in the day or, you know, when you got older. Do you have any, you know, player stories regarding, you know, like the Grundy Senators or, you know, Holy Ghost, wherever you went? Uh, not too many from, from uh, Ghost that I can really think of too much. But uh, with the Senators, you know, we <laughs> we had an uh, interesting time there. Um uh, that's to say, to say the least. <laughs> I hear you. So, yeah, so. How does it feel to be like, you know, pl- knowing that you play for Grundy, but kind of being looked at like the Blazers? You know, I never really had too much of a, like, feeling with that. I only played for the Senators for one year. Oh, you're lucky then. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I only – I spent the first – Eight years playing, or nine years, whatever it was, playing travel with the uh, Mercer Chiefs over in the uh, NJ. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I, last year, U16s, I came over to the Senators, and, I mean, no, wasn't where I wanted to be to start, but, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, glad I was able to play there. Now, do you think kids, like, playing in – that's a DBHL, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, have you – were you able to see certain kids that were definitely that shouldn't have belonged that league should have been playing either triple A juniors and yet they're just in that league just to throw up easy amount of points and make themselves look good? I mean, uh, we played some teams. I mean, the other senators team that we played against, they had some some really good kids. They had, I mean, they went on. They you know they win. Uh, I think they won districts that year or something like that. They were they were good, and the senators always had a decent program for you know tier two and everything like that i remember my uh the year before i played for the chiefs and we played the senators my, my chiefs team was we were good we were really good mm-hmm. uh made it to districts lost to the sends in uh in districts but it was that that first senators team was always good and, you know i i was actually coming in hoping to make that team and I was actually told by somebody in the organization going into tryouts that I had a pretty good shot to make that team which is part of the reason that I ended up trying out for the Senators I actually had a triple-a offer to go play for the Mercer Chiefs that year with my old coach who coached me my whole life but that was uh, just not something I really wanted to do just put the time in for um, put the money in towards either it's it, it was just you know too expensive at that time in my life too much time but I had a triple-A offer. I ended up playing in the in the DVHL with the Senators. And like you said, I put up the most points I've ever put up in my whole life. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's one thing. I feel like a lot of kids, especially on the East Coast, they um, – I wouldn't say just especially the East Coast, but in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, stuff like that, a lot of kids, you know, end up playing the DVHL. And, you know, we talked about this a few uh, podcasts ago where – there's kids in that league that shouldn't even be in that league. And we try to tell kids, you know, get out of that league as quick as possible, especially if you want to progress yourself, because think about it. You're not going to have a scout be like, Oh, 
I'm gonna go look at that kid in the fucking DVHL. Like no one ever says that. So that a, it's a it's a joke. That league is a you. joke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I gotta say. Hey, everyone that I, thinks it's good, eat a fucking dick. That's all I gotta that say. League, that league's one of the biggest jokes I've, I've ever played. And I mean, the competition level going from the NJ to the DVHL was just absurd. Well, DVHL, it's like you're playing kids that uh, I can't say that I've been really fucked up. You know what? I take that. I was going to say a really fucked up comment. I'm retracting that. So it's kind of it's frustrating because you. Every it was time like you playing. Sh- it was like playing against Jake Renegade. You could say. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Yep. All right, Drew, we appreciate That's... you coming on, buddy. We got we got a couple more guests we're going to bring on, but we'll definitely have you on in the future. No problem. Sounds good, man. Yeah, yeah nice talking to you, talk you bro. Patrick McAteer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> What's up, guys? This asshole on now. Here we go. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So, Patty, how does it feel to have the biggest douche of a coach coaching you all year? Fuck yeah. you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not too bad, I guess you could say. <laughs> ah, no, I'll tell you what. At least he brought you to a good organization after that shit show in fucking Whitehall. Yeah, you're telling me, man. That was fucking awful. So, are we allowed to discuss about the whole selling um, Warwick? And... Uh, we'll, 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 talk, we'll, we'll go talk about what the viewers want to know is you know, the whole bullshit that happened with us folding. So long story oh, yeah. short, Patty was involved here in the team and we were under investigation for having an ineligible player. And we had an ineligible player that was brought in by the old coach. So with that being said, our team had to fold because we had an ineligible player that was overage. That's the bottom line. If that's all you want to know, that's what you got to know. If you want to make me, I mean, I had a real bad blonde moment when I found out. So I was, I like, it was, it was, it was like, what the fuck's going on? And like, I, well, every, I was, yeah, we were all in shock. Like, what the fuck? Well, when we found out originally too, they were like, oh, they said his real name, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, and I'm everyone like, was just like, you like, I don't, I'm not trying to throw this kid under the bus. That's why I'm not saying his actual name, guys. So it, it's one of those things that if he wants to play hockey down the road. We're not here to jeopardize his career or anything like that. He knew what he did wrong. He came into the yeah. season knowing what he was trying to do. And the worst part is, we like I'm an equipment manager. I don't look at fucking birth certificates. I order gear, right? Just like TJ, he was an assistant coach coming into it as our head coach at the time was an absolute shit show. That was a piece of shit. Obviously, he got fired from three other fucking organizations this year. I'll say it now. The season's over. Go fuck yes. yourself. Stop touching my little kids. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck. Um, anyway, so it's kind of one of those things that we got thrown in a situation which <laughs> with the team we had and the cards we were dealt with, we just had to deal with it. And then when, when everything went down, it was just kind of like, well, it's not really like it's a great season to end on. So it wasn't really that, that hard for us. And then it was nice, too, because our owners at the time looked out for us, and they realized that once we came back clean from the investigation, they were like, well, if you guys need jobs, come follow us. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's where we went. I, you know, I, I took, what was it, Patty, seven of our guys? Yes, yeah, think. Seven of our guys went to the Philadelphia Revolution and played there and – you know, we, we ended up doing really well during regular season. Can't say so much during the playoffs, but, you know, shit happens. 
and everybody was happy. Everybody was getting looked at, and it, it was it was a good time. It really was. Yeah, you nosy fucks. <laughs> I hope all you dingleberries are happy or satisfied now because everyone's like, "Oh, what really happened, man?" That's the story. Yeah, so, so it was kind of it was kind of it was kind of a blessing in disguise. It really was. Because, yeah. you know, everybody that wanted to throw us under the bus for stupid shit and, you know. Yeah, you can with, suck my ass for that one, what, too. With what happened is we went from a shit team to a great, great organization and, and did well. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. So th- the joke's on you guys. <laughs> anyway, I was going to, um, you know, touch with Patty about, like, kind of some of your best memories you had. I wouldn't say, ah, uh, we're not going to go with the Rebels just because – you you've had a better season with the Rev. Um, what well, was kind of the biggest that I came from Central Penn too? I, I don't talk about that organization <laughs> on here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what was probably like the biggest besides winning games? But from you going to the EHL to the EHLP, is it really a big transition? Or I mean, the the style of hockey is still there, like you know, speed wise, but. Is there a huge difference, do you see, I should ask? Honestly, from, like, playing with the Rev and some of those guys down there, there there isn't much of a difference skill-wise because mm-hmm. most of the guys that played a lot on Rev can easily play in the EHL. They were, we had a lot of call-ups. I forget how many guys got called up throughout the season from the time we were there. There wasn't really much that you could say was a big difference other than maybe – there's a little bit more hitting mm-hmm. and body contact in the EHLP, which is understandable. Well, also, I remember when you were playing the EHL, you were playing as a D-man, and then you go to the EHLP, they throw you up on L. How was that for you? It wasn't too bad. Like, I got more opportunities to score, even though I really can't put the puck in the net. <laughs> Story of my career, so don't worry. <laughs> even it ends like I'm a fucking joke. Minus seven if I'm not trying. So, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, another thing I really want to ask too is kind of when you join a team, what was that kind of like, you know, obviously you're leaving the rebels and you get thrown into a team that's already mid season. How was that for the newcomers coming into your, like, well, how, how did it feel? I should ask walking into a new locker room and then like kind of taking you in. I mean, at first it's kind of nerve wracking because you don't know what everybody's going to say and how they're just going to react. Because even going from, central Penn to lehigh i was nervous i was i just didn't know what to say or what to do so let's honestly. let me interrupt you real quick patty let, let's talk about the locker room and without naming oh, any geez. names <laughs> so what wait which one so you know which one mike <laughs> so what what was your reaction knowing that you came into the locker room after practice and having a fucking monster poured in your goddamn shoe <laughs> honestly i don't i didn't know what to say or do about that oh yeah, i was yeah, yeah. beyond yeah, yeah. rattled I, I yeah and then having the fucking jerseys have monster all over it but oh that was a fun time cleaning by the way it was oh, awesome I bet it was that a was. fucking great time but at the same time it didn't bother me because it was like no let me dump something on material that i can just go throw in a washer and fucking clean <laughs> oh that was tough Good job. You really fucking scared me. Uh, listen, but, I, mean, that was, that I was hate that kid. That was, that was probably, I would say, two weeks in you being there, Patty. Is that correct yeah, or no? Uh, I would say probably about two weeks. Uh, all, yeah. for, all for – this is – and the worst part is 
Patty told a kid to chill the fuck out. <laughs> so and he gets lost. Then he was going to run his fucking pockets. On, Yo, man. I'm going to run your pockets, you? bro. You know where I'm from? Yeah, you're from Staten Island. Simmer down. <laughs> no, 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 no. Long Island. Oh, yeah. yeah. Long Sorry. Island, Mike. <laughs> yeah, sucking head. Oh, whatever, man. I, I just hate that kid. That yeah. kid literally. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I don't even know like what the problem was with me. Ever since I got th- when I showed up, he was out to get me. I guess. You know what the worst part is? You listen. I'm saying this story, and I don't give a fuck. Oh boy. So we're up in Boston, and he's like, "Yo, everyone's looking at this girl with a fat ass," and we're just like, "Damn, this girl's a smoke." Well, of course, <laughs> the scummiest player on the team is tapping her. So this dick lord gets thrown out of the game early. Goes out, you know. Bangs cheeks in the locker room, apparently. Finishes on someone's bag. Well, we find out that he's been clapping another fucking walrus up at a college. And no matter what, he fucked over the boys. So the boys fucked him over and went to his girlfriend and told him. And it was just kind of like one of those things for everything that he did against us. Karma, buddy. Fucking karma. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) That's all I got to say. She was hot. You lost that one. We won that one. Wait, this one the same won, kid? Like I said, we've won in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, oh, same wow. kid. He literally nutted on Isaiah's bag. No, he didn't. What? Oh, Yeah. God. You didn't know that? Yeah. I did. Fun no, fact. First, first time knowing that. Yeah. No, yeah. There you go. Fun fact. Well, that was all. This is all before I showed up. But that's... Good thing I wear fucking gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got another kid that, goddamn Euro players, man. I don't know what's with you people sometimes because, like, you can't keep your dick out of certain holes, I feel like, because this one kid, we, I always had to be careful of what I touched, and I always wore gloves. I basically should have wore a fucking hazmat suit every time I touched his gear. I'm just saying. But hey, I'm throwing one on the bus. Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's a pigeon, and you can't pigeon. Really do much He's a pigeon. Oh, the only kid I oh know, my the, only God. Fucking, the only kid I know that comes to play junior hockey that doesn't have a dime to his name and literally picks food off of everybody else. Oh, he was like literally a scavenger. He literally, after someone's done eating, hey, you done with that? Can I have some? Dude, how about oh, this? How about, starving. Listen, how about the story at the fucking rest stop where... I forget who it was. I think it was Evan was chasing Max, and he dropped his fucking fries. Oh, and... man, bus tag. Dude, yeah. So they were playing, and I, I literally had the video, and all the guys know, and I have a video of a fucking a fucking seagull fucking eating the fries. I'm like, oh, it's okay, Nikita. You're a fucking pigeon. It's just like, dude, everybody was fucking dying. What you road remember... trip was that? That was not North Carolina. That was no, New that Hampshire, was I think. Boston. Was that Boston? Yeah. yeah, it was Boston. So, you guys remember when uh, I think it was also not Max, it was Gavin that dropped fries too, and he tried to open the door at McDonald's and they closed it on him? No, no. And then, no, this was another. I think we were in North Carolina. He goes, he does, the kid doesn't, he, this is another kid that didn't have any money at the time. And I'm oh like, dude, God. you want me to buy you something? Nah, coach, I got it. I'm like, all right, uh, are you sure? No, I got it. He literally walks to fucking Burger King and says he forgot his fucking Whopper <laughs> Jr. and fries with a cup and comes back with a full-fledged fucking meal without yep. paying a dime. Yep. Yep. And we – all right. Wow. So uh, I, I definitely don't want to say the Keyshawn joke. But, hey, I never met <laughs> Keyshawn. 
that put it this way he, he's our brother on the team right and we love you Keisha. i love you man so don't get offended by this but i never met a kid that didn't like chicken the only like, kid yeah because i i remember we stopped we got popeyes remember everybody got everybody got yep. uh he yeah i i got, got spicy chicken, chicken. Yeah. everyone else got chicken and he looks at all of us he's like Nah, I don't eat fried chicken. And we all just like kind of our jaws just dropped. Everyone stopped eating. We all just turned our heads and were like, is, is this kid fucking serious right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it, it was just kind of like we all looked at each other like, all right, this is it's we're in the moment. Like, what's next? Well, who's asking the question? But, oh man, uh, what's another good story we had? Oh man, I'll never forget when we're coming back from North Carolina. And they deliberately kept trying to piss us off on the bus by playing, uh, what was that song? We're not going to take it because I put on. That's We're what I told Danny to chill out, it. bro. Because I put on fucking Dane Cook on the goddamn video or on the, in the VCR or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to say, oh, well, someone's got a concussion in the back, blah, blah, blah. Even though that he was just fucking around in, like, the fast food place, like, 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I really uh... – irritated that kid that was the whole thing remember that trip we got back they pissed me off and i said yo we're getting back to the fucking ring guess what we're doing we're bag skating right oh that's so I said, right so I said we were i said tucker you could join in on this tucker's joining the podcast <laughs> now guys oh what's up tuck hey duck how's it going boys? so listen so so that was the whole thing when we got back to the rink and we're like dude i'm bag skating you motherfuckers right and then when we get you guys dropped me off at my house because i was bullshitting you get back to the rink, Mike, and there's a father waiting at the goddamn rink with a fucking with a gun. Gun. With a gun. Play his fucking son. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I yep. walked in with Tucker when that happened, and oh, everyone. My. And the worst part is, so I'm going up to. All right, so to touch on the story, this kid, I felt bad for him because I knew him personally, and he's a good kid, but the league was too good for him to keep up with. And TJ didn't play him physically, so he wouldn't get hurt. Like, we were playing That's against exactly a team in North what? Carolina that kids were, like, 6'2 plus. This kid was maybe 5'10. And no offense, man, but your yeah, skating me, wasn't up to par. Mike, let me interrupt. So, the kid, yeah. the kid had all the heart in the world. He showed up to practice. He busted his dick off. All right? So, the reason why – and that's the reason why I didn't play him because I didn't want him to get hurt. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. It's not like – we're favorite, you know, playing favorites or anything like that. It's just the true aspect behind it. You're gonna get killed if you get touched the puck the wrong way. Like oh, wow. in that league, it, it's literally there. People are trying to take your head off, which is funny. But anyway, so we're going home and we're dropping TJ off, and we get back to the rink, and his dad comes flying in. So I get off the bus. Where I'm starting to get the bags un- unloaded and everything, and boys are taking them in the line. I go over to speak to his dad. Hey, my name is Mike, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry for everything that's been going on. And I don't know if he's been drinking. I'm not, I'm not here to fucking say he was or accuse people if they were. But either way, he's like, yeah, you know, good thing TJ wasn't here. And then he pulls out a Glock and shows me it. And he's like, man, I'll tell you what. I just I, – I can make it look like self-defense. I'm 50-something years old. And I'm thinking to myself like, bruh. This is overplaying time in the EHL. Like, your kid isn't making the NHL. Half these kids aren't making the NHL. So simmer down. But my face went from, like, real smiley, like, hey, how are you doing? To, like, oh, fuck. Dude, it was not real. What was that? It was, like, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, and my phone is blowing up. And I'm, like, what? I'm, like, half asleep. 
Yep. And then I wake up the next morning, and Mike's like, yeah, this guy had a fucking gun. I'm like, a fucking what? <laughs> yep. And I can't make this shit up because I've had witness. The whole junior team was there witnessing that. I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then I just, you know, all right, well, I'll talk to you guys later. If you guys need anything, let me know. Block their number. And then on top of that, I was like, let me just grab these sticks. Fucking skid out of Scadoodle. My wiener's now a noodle. Got to slip in here. <laughs> Like I, I literally never felt like a like a dog, you know, tail between my legs, just scurrying the fuck out. I was like, I was nope, nope, yeah. not today, buddy. <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this shit. So yeah, <laughs> that was a great time. Thanks, Good TJ. Times. That's your fault. Good time. Come on, man. I was protecting the fucking kid. I didn't want him to get killed. Yeah. So I get fucking shot. <laughs> I guarantee you that hockey bag really would have stopped that fucking bullet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what, Tucker? Give me a good story from this junior season, please. Then you no. get off this fucking story. I'm trying to think of my favorite one right now. Yeah, before the fist fucking story comes out. Talk, hey, Tucker, let's talk about the fucking Phantoms game. All right, oh, that was a riot. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought for sure we were going to get kicked out of that ring that night. What'd you do? TJ had a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> and as soon as the Phantom scored their first goal, he made sure everybody in that rink knew he had fucking popcorn by oh, throwing it absolutely everywhere. Oh no. It was such a child. I love it though. Because <laughs> they were they were they were playing they were playing Charlotte that night. Oh, and the they, they were Charlotte fans sitting down in front of us. <laughs> yeah. And TJ just doused this like family of checkers fans and popcorn. There's probably like three kids that are like eight years old sitting in front of them. Like, fuck with you. Fuck there. you. You're cool. <laughs> fuck you. I can just see this. Wait, so how big was the bucket of popcorn? Is a real question. Like, was it obnoxiously big? Like, was he just being a douchebag or? Nah, it was, it was probably, it was, I'd it was say a normal size. size. Medium. I'd okay. say it's probably like but a normal be, size. But before this, before it ever happened, before this shit ever happened, right? Oh so, God, I know where this is going. So we get tickets, right? <laughs> up top, and I'm like, I look at Tucker, I'm like, fuck this, man, let's sneak down. So we snuck down, like literally eight rows off the ice, right? Yeah, I remember this. So we're sitting. Period ends. These guys are like, oh, I'm gonna go up and get some food. I said, all right. So they go up and get food. I asked them where they're at. They're like, oh, we're trying to dime this, fu- dime these fucking girls. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> get, some, get some ass while you're here at the family game, right? Yeah. So then I message them again. They're like, oh yeah, we're still up here. The period's about ready to start. I look, I ask them again. These motherfuckers went back up top to their fucking seats. Are you? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Left me. I'm sitting there a half a period. By myself, looking like fucking, like a fucking loner, like Steven fucking Glansberg, fucking sitting there, like playing with my fucking dick watching the game. You fucking dingleberries left him hung out to dry. Just looking down there, like, first of all, all, I'm pretty sure TJ went to the bar. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. If I were with with, with you two, I would too. I mean, no, let me let me just clarify this. I did not go to the bar because I was with you guys. Secondly, I went to get fucking chicken, a chicken breast with fucking mashed potatoes. That's that right. Tasted, that's that's right. absolute dog shit. Shit afterwards. Well, what do you yeah. expect? You're at a hockey game. You expect like a fucking gourmet meal? <laughs> like it was bad. It was fucking. Worst bad. part is, you probably paid twenty six dollars for like a half of chicken breast and like a half scoop of potatoes that were cold. I paid eleven fifty. Oh my god! 
for something they pulled out of a high school caf- cafeteria. Literally, I think fucking elementary school is probably better food there. And and that's like a state of the art facility too. Sick. And and then the, and then there was another. We get to the game and fucking Goldborn starts fighting, right? Yeah. And oh Tucker's, my. Tucker's got this on video. I'm like, dude, he's gonna whip this guy's ass. I'm like, let him get the fucking left loose, right? And it, the video was fucking comical. It's like real still. And then I grab Tucker's fucking arm and shake the shit out of him like he's having a goddamn seizure. <laughs> I still got the video to prove it, Mike. I can send it to you. Listen, send it over, man. I, I enjoy watching videos like that. If people on this podcast could actually see the video, they'd understand just how fun that night was. Cause well, fine. We'll throw it up on videos. Dusty Dimes. We'll, we'll just let it be known. Yeah, Good times. Enough. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. It's kind of like every time that I go to PPL, like I have a couple buddies that uh, work at PPL. Like the guy that actually put in the Wi-Fi there, it's called uh, Bellsman. And... I fucking play men's league with him all the time. And he was just talking about our podcast and he's like, yeah, man, I like your podcast and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, I'm sticking myself. I got to fucking get bell span on here because they're a huge company that like only like basically makes their own Wi-Fi or internet. I, I don't really know much about them, but Plug. he's like, he's like a huge hockey guy. And, uh, I was like thinking about that when you guys were at the PPL game one day, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they're actually on his Wi-Fi or not. I know it's random, but I was just like thinking about that the one day. But uh, what what do you think with the PPL center and like a game like that? Do you think it's like pretty well ran? I should say like with stuff in between periods, keeping the fans interacted, everything like that. Oh, they didn't need it. They didn't even need that. I fucking interacted. <laughs> TJ, you're the type of guy I'm gonna fight with a fucking eleven year old just steal a puck. I would <laughs> just to give it to my kid. <laughs> yeah, in Philly, you know, in Lehigh Valley, you get pop dumped on you you go to a philly game you're getting beer dumped on you so that's kind of like that's like you know hey welcome to our farm system we're just building you guys up to go to a philly's game so that you're prepared for the beer dumpage but <laughs> very hey, true it's true <laughs> saying that happened a few times then we had a fight at the fucking stadium series game so nice but uh yeah man tucker what would you say um like, do you do anything to stay in shape off season or no? Off season, I actually do. I work out with my mom at a local gym. There, we mm-hmm. do classes together and shit like that. It's like yoga, doing yoga. No, it's actually not yoga. It's pretty intense. <laughs> it goes into depth. There's like it's like each day they switch it up. There's like a burn class, which is like specifically designed to burn calories, and then other days there's like a boxing class. So it's all like upper body and hands and shit what kind of what kind of boxing are you talking about let's let's clarify that because we what know kind of box? Like, what kind of box <laughs> like with boxing gloves tj boxing never mind i was trying to be a dick there yeah you're always right. a dick. <laughs> trying but it didn't really work out. so do you this goes for you and patty do you guys like know your weaknesses at the end of a certain season and then you go into the off season working on your weaknesses just to improve them Oh, absolutely. Like, yep, 100%. That's after, good, though. After every game, I'm always on hockey TV watching myself and everybody else to see what I could improve on or what the team could improve on. And obviously, I mean, this it's no secret. I'm not a great all-around hockey player. I've always been a grinder, big-body guy. But even now that my junior career is over, I'll probably still continue to work on my hands, my shooting passing abilities and everything like that because I've got two younger brothers who are still interested in the sport and I can teach them so much as well. 
So can you explain, um, you guys can explain both this, but if you get a role per se, right, um, as a grinder, as a goal scorer, just kind of like a PK guy specialist, um, do you guys embrace that role for the entire season? Or when you enter juniors, are you guys still trying to figure out that certain role you're trying to take on? No, I mean, like, if you're given a role, it's like it's junior hockey now. It's a dog-eat-dog world. If you underperform one time, that could be the end of your opportunities to get any PK time again or power play time, per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to go balls to the walls every shift, every opportunity you get to make something out of yourself. You have to prove to the coach that you're the right guy for that position. Otherwise, he will find somebody else who's willing to go out there and do it better than you. Yep. No, yeah, you're I right. I completely agree. It's happened to me many of times because sometimes I just get too comfortable on the ice. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing players cannot do. Now, another question to kind of touch on that. Um, when I was working up in the, with the Phantom stuff like that, I had one of the players come up and tell me, it's like, you know, every game, or I should say every league under the NHL, every game should feel like a tryout and even every practice. And it's because – there's always a league above you guys. Now, when you're in practice and you're in a game, does it necessarily feel like a tryout? Like, you don't really have the opportunity to make a mistake? Well, I mean, you never know who's watching at any game. I mean, you could have a scout in the stands who's there to watch somebody else from an opposing team. And if you go out there and you're busting your balls, doing everything you can, mm-hmm. maybe you just open a door of opportunity for yourself. Yeah. Now, when you play juniors, did you guys learn that um, – or I shouldn't say have you learned, but have you guys noticed that there's more guys laying in front of shots, you know, throwing their body on the line instead of when you're playing like 16s or 18 youth, like you don't necessarily see that as much? Oh, absolutely. The intensity yeah. level like, jumps up dramatically. Like you said, the doggy dog world, and especially in the junior world, it's everyone wants that same spot that you're on or you're fighting to get on line one. There's 30 other guys that want that spot. So it's kind of nice to hear your perspective uh, from guys that just got done playing junior A um, in a solid league too. It's not like you guys are playing some fucking schmuck of a league. So do you guys have any goals after this, um, this season, I should say? I mean, right now I'm just trying to commit to a college, keep my hockey career going for as long as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, now for Patty, you're still eligible for juniors next year, correct? Yeah. Now, do you have any certain teams you have in line, or do you have any teams that you want to make or that's, like, on your wish list, per se? Yeah, on my wish list, uh, it's kind of like Team Maryland and the Black Bears organization and Rev, honestly, because those are two places that I think I could play, but it's the fact of, like, how I prepare it in the offseason. Can you touch on Team Maryland a little bit, why, why that was kind of, like, your first choice? Um, well... It would save a lot of money for me. Driving mm-hmm. back and forth down to Rev, it was about an hour and 45-minute drive every day I was down mm-hmm. there. And my dad lives a mile away from Piney Orchard's rink, so that would just be a huge... Economically, it just makes sense for you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. And then even still, you're playing EHL or hopefully not the P next year, you know? Yeah, I hope you, You're trying to better yourself, not keep yourself in the one same spot. But... um yeah, that's, that's kind of like all the questions I really have for you, man. I mean, I it was nice definitely to be able to work with you guys all season and just kind of get to know you guys even off the ice. You guys are good kids, and 
obviously I don't want to see you guys fucking stuck in the same league. I want to see you guys progress just like TJ would. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Hey, man. So I'm here for, you know, I'd be a dick, but at the same time, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, that's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's true. So um, do you guys play any men's league or no? I plan on playing men's league next year. I'd all have yeah. one half tier. You're not, if I commit play, to a college, if I get, you're not playing men's college. league, guy. You're not playing men's uh, league. You're going to college. You're going to college. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> that's the case. I'm talking to a few different schools right now. I'm just trying to keep my options open at this point. Obviously, the season just ended. Hey, listen. Remember, all roads lead to men's league. I'll see you in a little. <laughs> Well, exactly. if I play men's league, I'm not going to pull a TJ stand, uh, blue, red line to red line. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. How do you think I play defense? I literally sit at the goal line and wait for them to get towards the top of the fucking, you know, uh, like basically as soon as they get to the top of the circle, I'm like, all right, now I should start going towards them. Then I look forward to my beer afterwards. So. Now you're sounding like TJ playing defense in NHL. You're fucking right, and you're welcome. You're not welcome because I'm not a defenseman in NHL 19 for all to know that. (laughs) Whoever wants to challenge the fucking meat wallets in Xbox, bring it on. Yeah, Yeah, you don't want the hands. It's on Xbox. Look it up. Meat wallets were pink. You should get the reference. (laughs) But, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. it's a good time man i mean that's one thing that i'll say is like it's fun playing xbox and stuff like that with you guys too just to keep everyone in, in contact with each other and not really like lose the bullshit mentality and just fuck around with you guys oh absolutely it's just a fun way to kind of stay in touch with everybody that you've met this season and keep it going and you never lose tj getting mad about the dumbest shit <laughs> patty it's not a turnover <laughs> not dumb shit <laughs> so real quick so you guys just finished uh your season uh ending in playoffs how was that loss um or how was the emotions after that loss sorry how was that loss jesus christ they were hard it was hard yeah well i saw the fucking water uh <laughs> triage that you guys were fucking doing in that locker room i swear to god if you guys did that in our locker room i would have snapped i'll let tucker talk about that one because i wasn't in the locker room at that time yeah what happened there tuck go ahead honestly i mean like the emo- everybody was all emotional at first and i kind of looked around and i honestly i teared up i got ejected from that game in the second period so <laughs> what'd you my- do it was a horse shit it, <laughs> it was, was bullshit it was it absolute horseshit. It was a shoulder to shoulder hit, but the kid turned at the very like as he was falling into the boards. I got a checking from behind major, and ejected from that game. Fucking goon! Not even after I mean, like five, <laughs> you, five minutes after I put, I put a kid through the glass. We had a nice little break there, and then come out a couple shifts later, and a kid that's been running our goalie like the entire playoff. Like every shift, he'd come out on the ice, go down up for a shot, and he'd somehow miraculously fall into our goalie every time. All right, sounds uh, like Mikey Lenares. Yeah. So fucking wobble, no, like, wobble, obviously, fall. obviously, this kid was an issue, and I was gonna try to, you know, just get in his head, try to make him draw a penalty of some sort. If not, just put a body on him and let him know that I was there. Mm-hmm. So I finally get him along the boards. I go in for a clean hit, and I end up getting fucked for it. 
Now let me let me let me ask you, you know, in reference to that fucking hit, okay? So you guys have been with me for what six, seven months now, right? Sure. Yeah, September about September. What what goes through your minds whenever I trip a fucking ref or a lineman? <laughs> TJ, honestly, whenever you're chirping a linesman, I've usually got something else I'm saying to somebody else. So okay, I all right. Barely catch any of it, but it's, I'll it's, tell it's, you. I'll, I'll tell you what. I just sit I, there and listen. When I start, put it this way, TJ, you know TJ is about to snap because he gives this look. Like he'll look at someone on the bench. Like he always gave it to me, and. <laughs> It's almost like he's, like, trying to bite his lip and then just, like, he, like, makes this, like, pissed off face. And then all of a sudden, he just explodes. What are you fucking looking at? And, dude, when he just fucking lets it rip, it's just kind of like when Joe and I were on the bench, we just turned our backs and just opened our ears to listen. And he would go off on this one guy that fucking wore glasses all the time. And I felt bad for this guy at one point because, like, TJ was just ripping him a third asshole. Not even a second one, a third one. For some reason, you literally had it out for this guy all season, TJ. Like, every time that we got him, like, at our, our, our rink, he always blew, like, icings. And then he came up to you and he's like, oh, well, that's a judgment call. Yeah, like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, man, and, and to touch on this and, and the boys, you know, Patty and Tucker all, it will, can add on this. One thing that aggravates the fuck out of me is when a ref dictates a game because he thinks he's got fucking big dick syndrome. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, it aggravates the fuck out of me. Like it's and I, I touched on this before. I ref myself. Like there's no way I'm gonna let a fucking game like that. I'm gonna dictate it. I'm not. And you know, for you to sit there and have ejections every time you fucking ref these teams is a fucking joke. It's a well, fucking – it's an absolute fucking joke for the kids. Everything's supposed to be, you know, let the kids play for USA Hockey. I, it should be, you know. Like, it, it should be that like that all around. You shouldn't sit, get out there and be like, oh, this guy's getting a major because, you know, the guy turned, but he hit him in the boards. Give, like, give him a 10-minute misconduct. You know what I mean? Yeah, easily. I would have taken a 10 and a 2 over you know, that. And, sure. and the thing when, you know, you have a game that's a 5 – Five three or five four game. Five four. Five four game, and then you give a kid a fucking penalty because he skate by our bench and you know bumps into one of the guys and the guy falls like a fucking bag of dicks. Come on, give the kid a ten. Don't penalize the team. It's a joke. It's an absolute fucking joke. Yeah, and to add to that, like I like obviously I played in the USPHL last year. But, like, this year in the EHL, I have never played with more inconsistent refing like rules and calls one ref will call something a high stick that another let ref would let play out because it's a follow-through play yeah and then you get some guy like smiley who just calls anything even if you just breathe in the wrong fucking direction on or he calls call. the cops yeah dude and and i've never in my life and i've even ref i i ref myself i've never in my life saw fucking linesman make a call and the ref and go to the ref that, oh yeah! Like it, it, to all you all know is the linesman can call a high stick, a major, or fucking too many men. That's it. You can't call a trip. You can't call a slash. You can't call a fucking hook. You can't call a fucking delay game in this league. So I don't understand why they're dictating the game. Every one of them. Like, it's like your linesman, when your linesman blows his whistle more than a ref in a game, 
that's a fucking issue. That that's true. And honestly, I think every player should take that opportunity to go to a refing class and ref a few games just to understand how difficult it is to be a ref. But then you got a ref who just thinks he's hot shit all the time because he refs in the NCAA, and then he comes down to an EHL game and wants to ref. Like, I agree, and we should, we as coaches, you know, should have a fucking evaluation sheet after every game of every ref. Oh, for sure. There's no reason that joke should have been there. We've had problems with him in the entire season. Every game we've had this guy, we've had an issue. I had him last year playing with Central Penn, and we had issues with him too. And he had nothing against Central Penn either. Just ridiculous. I hear you. But yeah, Mike, do you have anything else, bud? Oh, Mikey's gone. All right, boys. <laughs> thanks, thanks, All for, right. thanks for coming on. We appreciate you guys coming on. Absolutely. Absolutely. See you tonight. Yep. See you guys tonight. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. That's gonna uh, conclude the podcast today. Uh, Mikey is on another call with a sponsor, so uh, we just want to take the time to give a shout out to Bear Beards. Check them out on Etsy. That's B-A-R-E-B-E-A-R-D-S, Bear Beards, and go to the promo code Gong Show. Um, and they'll hook you up with all your needs. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys on Wednesday. Um, talk to you guys later. Stay dusty, boys. <laughs>